Hope you guys are doing all right. Uh, this is our senior Sunday. If you haven't caught on for that yet, we got some some uh, cap and gowns up here in the front. And I uh, just wanted to say uh, we have Miss Gracie Bonin on the keys, tickling Mavericks this morning. <laughs> I just want to say uh, this is this is not the easiest thing to do to get up in front of people and perform and. And we're not performing, but you know what I mean, like playing and singing and all that kind of stuff. Um, and she's been doing this over in the youth band for six years, forever. <laughs> but the last two or three, she's been doing it by herself on a piano. And I have to tell you guys, with a band, it covers the stage.
Thank you. 
If you're not standing, if you want to stand with us and uh, read the scripture with us, it's out of Psalm 100. Sing, uh, read it with me. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation.
Father God, we thank you so much, Lord, that your grace finds us exactly we are. Lord, as we look out and we see these seniors that are graduating, God, I just ask as they, as they move this next phase of their life, Lord, that the lessons they have learned here at Parkland's Way will not be forgotten. God, as they step on these campuses, and Have a seat, y'all. Have a seat. Good morning. How are you? Yes. Had some coffee. Feeling good. All right. Man, well, what an awesome day we have uh, today to celebrate our graduates and their accomplishments. That is awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, A couple of announcements for us as we get started today. First of all, last week we had our tissue paper out. You're going to need them to dry the eyes. Take a look at this slideshow.
Awesome. Sorry for the technical glitches there, all right? There was too much video for the computer to handle. What can I say? All right, so let me invite uh, your leaders to come on up, and we're going to take a moment to recognize you guys and gals, and you'll walk up on this side of the stage and come across and grab your gift and let us give you a big round of applause, all right? I'm very uh, proud of you. I know a lot of you don't know me very well, but man, such hard work to get where, to where you are right now, and uh, man... It's exciting because the next adventure that you're going to go on is, uh, man, it, well, it's adventurous. What can I say? <laughs> it's awesome. So here we go. I'm going to call you up, and uh, y'all come get your gifts, all right? Samantha Bacon, let's start with you. Get out of the way of pictures. Here we go. Congratulations. Very good. Tracy Bonin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well done, girl. Well done. Awesome. All right. Logan Cannon. Excellent. Madison Chris. Come on, girl. Come on. Blake Hudson. Yes, sir. Man, green looks good on you, bro. <laughs> well done. Jasmine Jameson. Way to go, way to go. Gloria Nolasco. <laughs> Careful in the heels. That's right. Careful. All right. Layla Powell. Jaron Stringer. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> Kayla Warner. Well done. And Gavin Wilson. Thank 
Great job. Great job. All right. Yes, one more big round of applause for our graduates. Well done. Well done. Thank you, leaders. Okay. All right. We're going to get into the word. But first, uh, can I just ask uh, the, the parents of our graduates to, to stand real quick? Can I get you to stand up? Parents of our graduates, let's give them a round of applause, please. You have done the very hard work of discipling your students teaching them about God, preparing them for uh, their next adventure, and man, that is one, uh, that's not an easy task, but you've done it. So congratulations, and we celebrate the work that you've done. All right, here we go. We're going to be in Second uh, Peter uh, chapter 1 today, so if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We'll get there in just a second. It's that time of year again, right? Graduation season, lots of fun things happening, and uh, graduates, we are thrilled for you. Really, we are. It's impressive what you've done. Parents, as we just celebrated, you are to be celebrated as well. Uh, you've loved them in the best way possible, and that's by discipling them toward the heart of God and helping them to hold on to their faith and make it their own. So as they grow and go from this place, uh, you know that their roots go down deep into Christ. Uh, that's phenomenal. Now, I believe that uh, the passage today is very practical, especially for our graduates as they're heading off on their next adventure. And so we're going to see why we should... Uh, add anything to our lives at all. Second Peter, Peter is talking about what to add to our lives uh, in order to let our roots, roots grow down deep into Christ. And so we're going to take a look at that. And we're going to see how it, it keeps us sharp, not only throughout the day, day by day, but all throughout the year. All right? And seniors, you're about to go on a new adventure. And so you're going to be asked to uh, add a lot of things to your life uh, going forward, right? Whether you're entering the workforce or you're going to college or trade school, whatever you're doing, you're taking a year off, you're going to be asked to add things to your life like uh, knowledge, uh, whatever career choice. Uh, you're going to be asked to add new skills to your repertoire, right? So we need to know what is the most excellent thing that we can add to our life? And Peter tells us what that is, all right? And he starts by sharing with his readers uh, the proper response to the promises of God. Responding to the promises of God. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and go to 2 Peter chapter 1. And we'll begin reading from there. It reads this way. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to you to share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. 
By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These promises, these are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you are really among those God has called and chosen. Do these things, and you will never fall away. All right. The first thing that we need to know is God's promises uh, lead us to respond to him, to those promises, by supplementing our faith. All right? Now, uh, there in uh, verses 3 through 5, that first half of verse 5, right? He's laying out for us what those promises are. Right? We've received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These promises, these are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption. Right? So what promises is he talking about? Well, these promises uh, means that, that we become partakers in the divine nature. Because of God's uh, power and love. And for his own glory and excellence. He's made a way for us. Through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. To participate in a personal relationship with him. And to participate in uh, working to see that his kingdom comes. On earth as it is in heaven. Right? We get to be a part of what God is doing in the world. He's inviting us into that. Now, before Christ's work on the cross, there was no way for us to experience God. No way for us to experience His presence, His love, His goodness, His faithfulness. The reason there was no way for us to uh, experience God and His faithfulness and His love and His presence is because of the corruption of our own hearts. The corruption of our own uh, sinful desires that were created in the world. Right? So the second thing that uh, uh, the promises that Peter is talking about is we uh, escape the corruption of our own heart. How amazing is that? Because I don't know about you, but I, I have a hard time escaping from the corruption of my own heart. Okay? It, it's a tough thing to do. But our sin is what created the corruption in the first place, Right? That's what separates us from the Father, separates us from experiencing His love and compassion and faithfulness and goodness and presence. But now God has made a way for us. 
to not only have that relationship with him, but also to continually escape our own sinful desires, right? It's, uh, it's a, it has to be a continual thing. But the good news is that we're not bound by our sin anymore. We're not bound by that. And what that means for my life is that now I have the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to uh, escape my own sinful desires and in so doing escape the corruption of my heart. I get to overcome my own sinful desires because of Christ. Now the result of escaping the corruption in the world is grace and peace. The grace that God provides so that we can continue uh, living in relationship with Christ in the midst of such a corrupt world. Y'all, the world is weird. It's weird out there, y'all. And it's only getting worse. But what grace that God provides us to be able to live in such a corrupted world yet escape the corruption of our own heart. That is profound. And peace in the midst of uh, the consequences that have to be played out because of such corruption in the world. So having such great promises in our grasp ought to lead us, as verse 5 says, to make every effort to supplement our faith. Man, those promises are profound promises. Right? To escape the corruption of our own heart, to be in relationship with God and to experience Him. That ought to lead us to make every effort to supplement our faith. Okay, so supplement, this is elementary, you all know this already, but it's to add something to your life, right? It, it means to add something to make it complete or to enhance it, to strengthen it and make it better. Now, Peter tells us, why it is important for us to supplement our faith. He says, for this very reason, his power gives us all we need to live a godly life. Knowledge of Jesus Christ, for his glory and excellence, and his promises. This is, these are the reasons why we ought to supplement our faith. Why we ought to make every effort to supplement our faith. Now, notice that Peter says, supplement your faith. And your faith, and your faith, 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 your faith. It doesn't say supplement someone else's faith, right? It says you have to take the time to supplement your own faith. That means I can't rely on my best friend's faith to make my relationship with God go deeper. If I want a firmer foundation, then I must take on the task of being with God and adding and supplement, supplementing my own faith. I can't depend on my parents' faith as my own because that's not your faith at all. That's your parents' faith. I can't adopt someone else's relationship with God as my own and expect that Jesus will know me as His. It's not possible. Alright, so now that we have a good understanding of what promises uh, from God lead us to supplement our faith and the reasons why it's important for us to do it, let's turn now to what we are to supplement our faith with. 
In the last half of verse 5 and following through verse 7, it says this, Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence or virtue, uh, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. So Peter shows us what we're to add to our faith. How we are to increase and, and, and complete our faith, right? Now each item in the list, it builds on each other, one after the other. And finally, they are tied together by love, okay? So uh, all are necessary and all are intricately woven together into the fab fabric of one to the other, right? Uh, uh, think about it like this. It's, uh, it's a staircase, right? And in the foundation, you have moral excellence and uh, knowledge of Christ. And it leads up to love, culminating in love. In this regard, I believe that we can see them tied together like a chain. Each one enhancing, enhancing and, and strengthening the other. Now it's important for us to, to have an understanding of each item in the list. Okay, so we're going to go back to school and do some definitions. Alright? Anybody up for that? You say, oh man, I thought I was done with school. Not quite. Alright, here we go. Virtue or moral excellence. It is an excellence of moral character. Excellence means outstanding of its kind. It's valuable in its quality. It is very good. Now Peter here is telling us to have a generous provision of moral excellence, of virtue. A generous provision. Now, uh, he says this because faith is no good without action. James tells us that, right? Faith without works is dead. Okay, on to knowledge. Having an understanding or familiarity. This knowledge is primarily related to experience and relationship. It is that which you have experienced as a direct result of your relationship with Christ. Okay? So, Peter tells us to add to your faith doing what's right and do it with outstanding quality. Okay? And you have to possess an understanding of what's right in order to have that moral excellence. Okay? So you see how these are starting to build on each other. Self-control. Everybody likes self-control, right? Yeah! He's my favorite. I'm really bad at it. I'm working on it, though. Jesus is working on me. Okay, self-control. Restraint exercised over one's own impulses, over one's own emotions and desires. So my knowledge of Christ, that is the experience I have as a direct result of my relationship with Christ, should inform any and every decision that I make. And that knowledge directly affects the amount of restraint I exercise over my own impulses and desires and emotions, right? And so these decisions are aided by adding moral excellence to the process of making up your mind, right? 
and your knowledge of Christ informs both the moral excellence you hold to and when to display restraint over your impulses and emotions and desires. Moving on, uh, uh, another translation, I believe it's the ESV, it says steadfastness, right? It's a standing firm, patient endurance, uh, firmly fixed in place. So steadfastness is the ability to sustain a prolonged stressful activity or to withstand a hardship or adversity. Okay? So, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think you will ever have to maintain moral excellence in the midst of a troubling situation? Or that your faith in Christ will come under adversity or persecution? Yes. Yes, it will. So, do you think the knowledge that you've been adding to your faith will come in handy in your ability to stand firm in the midst of such trials and adversity and troubling situations? You bet your sweet bippy it will. Yeah. So, add, add standing firm in your faith to the habit of your life. Graduates, you will be faced with multiple and very varying opportunities to withstand hardship, to withstand adversity. You will be given multiple and varying opportunities to exercise patient endurance. Getting a degree in college, that's no small task. You must be firm. You must be focused. You must... Uh, stick it out through the end. If you're entering the workforce, force, you're going to learn new skills. You've got maybe some theory about how to use it, but now you're going to have to put it into practice. There will be challenges and problems that you will need to overcome. And standing firm in your faith will get you through. James 1 and verse 2, James tells us, uh, the testing of our faith produces a harvest of endurance. It's kind of funny how that works. They kind of go hand in hand, right? It's like, you got to stand fast, okay? But in order to stand fast, you have to come up against something that wants to move you, right? So, you kind of have to have both experiences in order to learn how to stand firm, be immovable, a life marked by showing reverence for God is wrapped up in standing firm in your faith. And by showing restraint over your impulses and emotions and desires. And by increasing your knowledge of Christ. And by acting with moral excellence. It also involves the last two items in the list that Peter gives us. Brotherly affection and love. You see how we're building and how all are interconnected and intertwined, yes? Brotherly affection is a genuine delight in honoring one another. The action of affecting those around you positively and biblically. Affecting them by uh, the life of reverence you have for God and you show for God, right? Uh, that ability to go through hardship and sustain your faith 
the restraint you exercise over your own emotions and desires and impulses. Your understanding of God as a direct result of your relationship with Him. And through the practice of doing what's right with an outstanding quality. All of these things will help you to honor someone else. And when they see you live your life that way. Man, there's no greater love than you can have for someone than to do that for them. It's not loving for me to look at something that you're doing that goes against what what God says do and just remain silent. No. What's loving, what's brotherly affection is for me to come to you, brother uh, in Christ or sister in Christ, and help walk through that with you. Showing you by how I sustain my faith through hardship, how you can as well. And finally, love. Love defines our relationship with God and tells us how we should treat others. It's an attitude of loyalty between God and us, us and people. And that leads us to action. And without love, as uh, Corinthians says, we are... Just a noisy gong. Just strangle the cat, not in tune, without love. So adding these qualities to our faith is a process, right? It's a process that requires time, and it requires effort. Requires both. And so it doesn't mean that uh, well, we're just going to get all of these right all of the time. That's, you know, that's not going to happen. But it does mean that we continue to make every effort to increase these qualities in our life. So the next time I'm faced with uh, the choice either to watch a three-hour football game or take a three-hour nap or spend three hours playing video games or whatever. But I haven't found the time to spend with God all throughout the week because of my busy life or the kids or the, uh, you know, the grass or the work or the anything like that, the sleep, the whatever. What it means is that I could choose to use some of that time or even all of that time to spend with Him, increasing in my knowledge of Him, uh, which informs the rest of these qualities. Moral excellence and self-control and brotherly affection and steadfastness. Graduates, you will find that your next adventure, there will be an increasing amount of knowledge given to you, thrown your way. There's already just a ton of knowledge out there in the world. Google, right? Anybody? Google, wiki, okay? Lots of knowledge out there. But you would do well to make your priority seeking God's kingdom first. Loving him firstly. He doesn't say don't love these other things. But he says love him firstly. Seek his kingdom firstly. And his righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you. I believe one of the most important ways for us to supplement our faith is to remain firm, steadfast. And I don't think that's just important for our graduates to hear. That's important for all of us to hear. The world is only getting stranger. It's getting more corrupt. But we must remain steadfast. 
We must not depend on the faith of others, but on Jesus Christ alone. Have our faith in Him alone, our hope in Him alone, our joy in Him alone. You must hold firm and be faithful to the Lord, the Lord of your own volition, of your own will. All right, now, increasing these qualities in our lives leads us to be effective and productive in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. Verses 8 through 10 says this. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their own sin. So Peter gives us yet another reason why we ought to respond to God's promises by supplementing our faith. Namely, it is to avoid becoming ineffective and unfruitful in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. We can't just sit and soak, y'all. We can't just sit in the pew or these beautiful chairs and increase in our knowledge of Jesus Christ and not do anything with it. Because when we do that, when we just sit and soak and just take it all in, but we don't do anything with it, we become ineffective. We become unfruitful. There's a two-part condition. If these qualities are yours and you are increasing in them, it is not enough to possess these qualities as a part of the habit of our lives but we are to be increasing in them as well. He goes on to say that those who do not have these qualities suffer from short-sightedness. They've forgotten who God is and what God has done in their life. What God has done for them. And He has done something that you cannot do for yourself. He has provided you a way to be in His presence, have relationship with Him, and to be free from the penalty and the power and one day the, the presence of sin. You cannot do that for yourself. Only Jesus can. They have forgotten that and so they become short-sighted. A short-sightedness so severe that Peter calls it blindness. It is a blindness to the scope of the gospel. It is a blindness to what God has brought you from. What God has done for your former sins, for your present sins, for your future sin. The effectiveness of the gospel in your life can be seen in the habit of your life. And when you have submitted yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the byproduct is a life that seeks to honor Him. Not only are you affected, but those who see you living out this way of life will be affected as well. It is a witness to them. And it will provide you opportunity to have faith conversations with them. Gospel conversations with them. Continuing to add these qualities to your life is an effective witness. 
It is an effective witness to the transforming power of God's word that's being lived out in you. So for some, the change is radical and kind of abrupt. They were going one way, they met Jesus, Paul, and they went the other way. For some, it is a more gradual thing. It is a more, more of a slow burn. For the new believer, all the truth they're getting is new, and so some pretty big changes occur in their life. For the seasoned believer, the truth uh, causes change that may not be apparent on the outside. A slight correction in their, perce their perception of the world or the way they think. A swallowing of their pride or, or perhaps the addition of a spiritual discipline like solitude or fasting. The idea here is to realize that it matters. It matters that we do not grow stagnant. That's kind of an oxymoron, right? We've been talking about growing and increasing and we want to make sure that we don't grow and increase into stagnant, stagnation. Is that a word, stagnation? You want to keep moving. That's the point. You want to keep growing. You want to press forward, adding to your faith to strengthen it toward completeness so as to be effective for the kingdom of God and to participate in the mission that Jesus gave us. We're drawing to a close now. So what? So what? So what now? Well, for some, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that's the first place to start. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you haven't been forgiven of your sin, let today be the day that you surrender your life to Christ. And understand that Jesus gave his life for yours so that you could have relationship with God, the God of the universe, creator God. And when you spend time with God this week, for the rest of us who have a relationship with him, ask him to show you which one of these qualities he wants to begin you to begin to increase in your life, right? It would be silly to try and take on everything all at the same time. So just baby steps, baby steps, okay? Baby steps are good. Baby steps are good. A marathoner didn't start out just running over a marathon all willy-nilly, right? He had to work up to it. All right. For some, that means that God simply de desires for you to make the choice to spend more time with him. You know, above and beyond the two-minute verse of the day every morning, you know? Like, spend some time with him. Spend some quality time with him. You know? Husbands, husbands, you got wives? Both, a lot of them, probably all of them, want, what do they want? Quality time. They want the quality time. Jesus wants the quality time. Okay? Jesus wants that. All right. For others, it may be that God desires for you to add more self-control and restraint in your life. Such as quit that complaining. Quit that grumbling. Just do the task and do it with a joyful heart because you don't What happened? Wow. My goodness. Is that better? Okay. 
I got trigger fingers in my pocket, yo. <laughs> That's weird. All right. God is faithful. If you ask him to show you, he will. Okay. Specifically to our graduates. As you head off on your next adventure, remember the goodness of God. Remember the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. Remember uh, through your time here in, in, uh, at Second Wind and Carpenter's Way, the people in which you've seen the goodness of God extended to you, the faithfulness of God, the, the, the love of God. They've done what they've done for you because they love the King and they love you. And they are here for you. I am here for you. You always have a place here. Remember his promises that because of God's great power and love and for his own glory and excellence, he has made a way for you through the righteousness of Christ to participate in relationship with him and in building the kingdom. So because of that, endeavor to add these qualities to the habit of your life. Hold fast to biblical truth. Hold fast to your faith in Christ alone. And when it is all said and done, this is what truly matters. Loving Jesus, loving people, building his kingdom. Let me pray for us and then we'll be dismissed. Father God, thank you for your word. It is poignant. It is sharp. Thank you for how it causes us to increase our affection for you and how it shows us the most excellent way to live and whom the most excellent person is in Jesus. Jesus, thank you for what you've done for us on the cross. As we go from this place, as these graduates head off on their next adventure, help us to keep sharp focus on the task that you've given us. Help us to keep sharp, sharp focus on increasing our affection for you and these qualities that Peter's showed us today. I pray a blessing over these graduates in their their families. God, may you provide for them. May you make your, your face to shine on them. Uh, may you give them the desires of their hearts when, when that desire is in alignment with your will. And for the rest of us, Lord, help us to continue to reach out to them and let them know that we're here for them. And we're rooting for them. And we want them to be successful. And we're willing to help and come alongside them in any way we can. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for being here, church. You are dismissed. Uh, seniors, don't forget, in the library you have in the library you have your little gift baskets. Please go get those and bring them with you, alright? Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Hey. Seniors. 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 Help me spread the word to the seniors. When they get their money bag out there, stop for a picture with Paula.
Yes, sir. Nathan. All right. Nice to meet you. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Yeah, so we're going to camp his way is the children's one. Okay. Um, I don't know when she's having a camp meeting, but it'll be in the following week sometime. That, that is for the youth camp, and that's Camp Generate, and we are going to have a camp meeting right after service in here. And I'll have the forums and everything, and you can fill them out here. We'll, we'll have a note of the itinerary, and you'll find out the itinerary and everything that's going to happen. That's for the youth. Yeah, I think there's a...